0: What is a continuation? By the end of this episode, we will have gone over this concept. You will understand it. You will see why you're likely already using continuations, even if you don't know it yet, and what you can do with continuations. Hello, my name is Eric Normand. and I help people thrive with functional programming. So continuations became important in Scheme. They were used as part of the compiler. uh, As a continuations were used as a compiler implementation technique. We'll go over a little bit about how that's done. All right. So what is a continuation? That is the main part of this episode. So continuations have to do with how functions are called and then return. Okay. So imagine a typical scenario, you have function A which does some work, calls function B, and then does some more work with the with the return value from B. So when function A calls B, what actually has to happen? Well, Because you're passing control to another function, you're gonna have to pass, you're you're gonna push onto the stack a new frame, new stack frame, and record in that stack frame where to return to. Like after you do a jump, a go to to run that function, where does the return statement take you back? Okay? So you have to write that down as a pointer. You just write it down. Then you also have to write down all the arguments into the stack. Then when you jump to your uh to B, to the function B, it has it knows where to look up the function the arguments and then it also knows where to return when it's done. Okay? So that's that's how the function calls work and the stack works. Notice we pushed this a pointer onto the stack with along with the arguments but what if we made it an argument what if we made that pointer an argument instead of like something to check when you are about to return and instead of a pointer what if we made it into a function that you could call okay so basically you have this you know you call you do like x equals b right and then you have some more code so you're saving the return value of b uh, b i'm i said b and i did like parentheses with my fingers so it's x equals call b right so b parentheses so you have the return value of b stored in x so after b returns it's going to get saved to x and then you're going to do this, some more stuff So, what if you made a function that was just that some more stuff and also assigns to B, assign the stuff to X, the return value to X? So, this is a function you've packaged up. So, instead of a pointer to jump there, you just make it into a function and you pass that to B. So, now B, instead of calling return, could just Call the function that's an argument. In Scheme, it's called k, it's the continuation. So just imagine you add an argument to your function b, it's called k, and then at the end of the function, when it's done, it calls k, and that does the continuation of what a was doing. Right? Now, typically when you return you're returning a value that value is useful and so what you to get that value that's returned from b you make it an argument to k so k is a function of one argument and b will just call that with whatever value it would have returned okay now imagine you did this with every function every function you added a an argument, uh, yeah. Added an argument called k. That was the continuation, and you had it was one argument. And instead of the return values, <coughs> excuse me, instead of having a return statement, you just called k. And of course, because it's a return statement, it's the last thing your function will ever do before it's over. That means that it's always in tail position. Uh, we talked about that in a previous episode. There's a tail call removal, where if you're in tail position, meaning it's the last call, the last call the function call of the pro of the function. So the you know function is made out of other function calls. The last function call before you return, that's called the tail position. But because you've threaded this K through every function call, and it keeps, it's a different K each time, you've kind of turned your program inside out and nested it to the right instead of going straight down. Uh, Every function call is in tail position, which means that every function call can be optimized into a go to. You never have to return. You don't have to return because you don't there's no return statements used anymore. They're just always calling K, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So you don't need a stack anymore because the stack's main job is to keep track of where to go back how to return. So you're not returning, so you don't need a stack. You just need one frame to store the current arguments and you just th- 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 thread that K through there. And you have this style of programming is called continuation passing style. Now, this is not a pleasant style to write code in. But your compiler can turn your straight line imperative, you know, do this, do this, do this, call that, nested, you know, function calls. You can do all that. Turn that into continuation passing style, and then it has this really nice property that there's you don't need a stack. okay uh, It has other properties uh, be, for instance, because it's a function and functions are first class, you can save it somewhere. so just just know about that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. So I don't know if, if this rings a bell to you, but if you're a JavaScript programmer, You're often calling a function that has a callback. That callback is going to get called with the result of that asynchronous function. Right? Like if you do AJAX, the response to your AJAX request is going to get passed to a function sometime in the future, right? And what typically happens is you have, like, well, this AJAX needs this callback, and then that callback makes another AJAX request, and so it has another callback, and that one makes another one, and it has another callback. So you have this deeply nested callback chain. Well, that is just continuation passing style. So it's one of the reasons why I say that JavaScript is one of the best things to happen to functional programming in a long time because people are doing continuation passing style without even knowing it. They just picked it up because they had to. And this thing that was like this arcane functional programming style idea from compiler theory is now a thing that people are writing their code in and they know it's not very ergonomic. It forces you to like break up your your program like to the right, so you're like deeply nested. It's hard to coordinate things. It'd be much better to write it straight up and down. Um, but they're learning it. They understand its limitations. They understand how to sequence things by calling the next continuation, the next continuation. Uh, just on, as an aside, um, the new stuff in JavaScript called async await. I say new, relatively new. Um, it uh, lets you write straight-line code, but you put a wait in there in front of something that would be asynchronous, and it just waits. It looks like it waits. Really, it's tur- internally, the, the compiler is turning that into a continuation-passing style, or in the JavaScript world, called a callback chain style. I don't know what they call it. It's callbacks in JavaScript. And so it it looks straight up and down, straight line, you know, like I can do this and then I do this step, then I do this step and I wait for this step and then I do this step, and wait for this step. Putting those awaits in there, it'll get turned into continuation passing style. So it's an ergonomics issue, right? It doesn't really add any functionality, but it's a really nice Bit of ergonomics. All right, back to the main thing. So, what are these useful for? Oh, that's that's what I said in the beginning. Like, why you might be using them already? Because if you're doing JavaScript, you're already doing continuations. All right, but what are these useful for? Well, notice, okay, we've gotten rid of the stack. That's nice. We don't have this problem of like stack overflow anymore. Um, the scheme folks the people who invented scheme published a lot of papers about how the function call before scheme was actually a very heavyweight thing so you wouldn't want like little bitty functions because they would it, it would eat into your performance so you'd make like big functions with like 20 30 lines of code in them and you do a whole bunch of stuff in them and then Just for convenience, for programmer convenience, you'd have another function you would call that would do do this common routine. But you wouldn't treat them like they—they were too heavyweight to say. I'm just naming this one operation with a new name and I'll wrap it in a new function. It was—it was too heavyweight for that. But what they showed was that function calls are very lightweight especially if you do this continuation passing style, you can make it just like a go to. Because there's no you don't even need to return anymore. You're just passing a few arguments, you know, on the stack, the same stack frame you had before, and you're doing a jump. Right? So you you don't even have to remember where you were, although you do, it's just part of the it's part of the closure of the uh, of the continuation if you're curious. It's because it's a function, that function was built in a certain environment, it has a certain state. So, um, anyway, it just, it just showed that uh, function calls could be super, super efficient, just about as efficient as a go to. And so you could use them wherever you wanted, and they were a good compiler technique. Okay, so what can you do with them besides make nice compilers? Um, well, one thing is just like in the JavaScript world, when you have callbacks, is you can add asynchrony in there. So I could instead of calling K, my function, could put K on a queue, and and to be called later. That's what JavaScript does. Okay, it's not it's uh not done uh directly right like there's some other like the networking engine if you're doing ajax the ajax happens and it gets put on a queue when it's done as an event and there's an event loop you know there's a lot of machinery there but but in essence what you're doing is you're putting the continuation onto the queue so because Things are round-robin and they're taking turns. You're able to share a processor between multiple timelines, even though there's only really one thread. These are often called coroutines. Uh, another thing that you can do with continuations is uh, the same kind of stuff you might do with stack stack manipulation in function calls. For instance, you could implement exceptions. Uh, you could have exception handling. where The continuation is wrapped in something that will do like a finally, or do a catch on an exception being thrown, and then you know it's going to continue after the try catch block was was finished. So um, anything that you would do. Typically, and think would require a language level implementation. If you've got access to those continuations, you can do a lot of stuff, and that's how Scheme manages to do uh, so much uh, language level stuff, but in the in the uh, in the language itself. All right, so let's recap continuations are a way of representing the rest of the calculation so after I return from this function what else do I need to do and they're wrapped up in a function uh, and the argument is the return value of the thing that you're you're calling there's a style called continuation passing style where you replace all return values with calls to the Continuation to the next continuation. And if you do this, you don't need a stack. The stack is implicit in those function calls. You can also use uh, continuations as a means of inserting some indirection. So instead of actually calling the continuation, you could put the continuation onto a queue, you could hand it to something that like, monitor it or something, make sure that it, it f- succeeds, it completes correctly, maybe it'll retry it, something like that. Anything you can do with a function, boom, now you've got it. Uh, you've got that continuation as a function. You can implement exception handling, things like that. All right, so if you found this episode useful, uh, you can find all the past episodes at Lispcast.com/podcast. There you'll find audio, video, and text versions of all of the past episodes. You'll also find links to subscribe to the podcast and also find me on social media. Social being the keyword. I've got email, Twitter, LinkedIn. I love to get into discussions with people, so please reach out. Uh, This has been my thought on functional programming. My name is Eric Normand. Thank you for listening and rock on.